Welcome back to another week of the Triple MK podcast series. I'm your host, Mitchell McFeely. Today we'll be discussing the hot topic of student loan forgiveness and the associated tax implications. We are very lucky to have two experts in this arena joining us today in Matt Good and Keeley Leisure. Matt and Keeley have both spent extensive amounts of time studying this topic and will be helping one of our callers today understand what this new, uh, new topic means to her. Let's welcome our caller, Mackenzie. Mackenzie, tell us a little bit about you and why you have joined the call today. Thank you so much for having me today on your podcast. I graduated from Auburn University last year with over $30,000 in student loans, and upon graduation, I make around $80,000 in income annually. While in school, I did not receive a Pell Grant, and I filed a single on my tax return. I want to know a little bit more about what the student loan forgiveness plan means for me. I'm sure there are many people out there with questions just like yours, Mackenzie. So let's turn it over to Keely to introduce this topic and provide us with a little bit of background. Thanks, Mitchell. Like you said, there are many wondering the same thing as you, McKenzie, so let's get into it. The American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA, of 2021 is part of President Biden's Build Back Better plan. It is a $1.9 trillion coronavirus rescue package designed to advance the United States' recovery from the brutal economic and health effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Included in the plan is student loan forgiveness of up to $10,000 for non-Pell Grant recipients, and $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients per qualifying borrower. To qualify, taxpayers filing single must have an annual income below $125,000, and taxpayers who are married filing jointly must have an annual income of less than $250,000. So to answer your question specifically, Mackenzie, on how this will impact you, you will receive $10,000 in student loan forgiveness since you are a non-Pell Grant recipient and make under $125 a year as a taxpayer filing single. Mac, is there anything you'd like to add to this? Thank you, Mitchell. Since the year 1980, the cost of four-year public and private universities has almost tripled. Yes, the Pell Grants have been around since the 80s, but the funding has not kept up with the speedy increase in tuition. At one time, Pell Grants covered nearly 80% of the cost of attendance, but now they only cover around 30%. This startling realization has left students from low and middle income families with no choice but to take out loans to obtain a degree. The Department of Education released an analysis stating that the typical undergraduate student with loans now graduates with almost $25,000 in debt. For middle class borrowers, those monthly payments, along with buying homes, saving for retirement, and starting businesses is a burden. But it is even more devastating for more vulnerable borrowers because there comes a point to where attendance to universities is too high and they have to drop out. According to the Department of Education, nearly one third of these vulnerable borrowers have debt, but no degree. The president has championed for one of the largest increases to the Pell Grant in over a decade. Biden plans to fight double the maximum Pell Grant and to make community college free. While he continues to fight, colleges have an obligation to ensure their prices are reasonable and ensure that students get value for their investments. The Department of Education is announcing new efforts to ensure that borrowers get valued education for the cost they pay. So, no. That's very interesting and very helpful information in understanding what this new plan entails. As tax experts, do you think that there will be any tax implications associated with this loan forgiveness? In general, upon the cancellation of debt, the debtor's gross income includes an amount equal to the difference between the amount due on the obligation and the amount paid by the debtor. The amount forgiven would go on your tax return on a form called a 1099-C, 
which reports the amount forgiven as taxable income to the IRS and taxpayer. Under Section 9675 of the ARPA, however, the forgiveness of student loan debt between the years 2021 and 2025 do not count towards federal taxable income, meaning that as of recently, student loan forgiveness no longer counts towards taxable income on a federal level. However, there could be taxes owed at the state level. It is currently projected that seven states, which are Arkansas, California, Indiana, Minnesota, Mississippi, North Carolina, and Wisconsin, may tax student loan forgiveness. This could lead to a substantial amount of money owed to these particular states by students who receive loan forgiveness. The seven states could still take legislative action to exempt student debt relief from taxable income. If they decide to do this, they will need to move fast to finalize this legislation before people begin filing their taxes in early 2023. Thanks for the heads up about the possibility of being taxed at the state level on my debt forgiveness. How will the government fund the student loan portion of the ARPA program? Aren't we already in spending deficit? The student loan forgiveness portion of the ARPA is expected to cost upwards of $400 billion, which will increase the already national spending deficit. The government will have two choices to offset the increasing deficit, which would be to decrease spending or increase taxes. In 2020, the Congressional Budget Office released a report on various plan options the federal government could implement to lower the deficit. The report included suggestions such as increasing individual tax rates and limiting, limiting or repealing certain tax deductions and credits, such as the charitable giving deduction. The National Taxpayers Union estimates loan forgiveness will create an average cost burden per taxpayer of $2,500. Thanks for all the information. This has been very insightful. I think those are all the questions I have. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for agreeing to be on our podcast, Mackenzie. It's been a pleasure providing more insight on this topic. Now, moving on, there seem to be differing opinions on the effectiveness and fairness of this loan forgiveness. Let's turn it back over to Mac to discuss some pros and cons of this topic. Thank you, Mitchell. As you said, there are very different views on the student loan forgiveness plan and how it is an advantage or disadvantage for us. There are experts who are concerned that student debt forgiveness will increase the worsening inflation in the US. Arthur Laffer, who served on the Economic Policy Advisory Board under the Reagan administration, described Biden's decision as a lose-lose for inflation. He said, of course, it will clearly worsen inflation. Inflation is really too much money chasing too few goods. There's more to it, but that's just a good first step. Forgiving student loans will reduce the number of goods, which is inflationary. It will decrease the size of the monetary base, which is also inflationary. The two together, I don't know how much it will contribute to inflation, but it's not a trivial amount. The others argue that loan forgiveness has no impact on inflation. Ali R. Bustamante, the deputy director of the Work, Power, and Economic Security Program at the Roosevelt Institute, told Newsweek that forgiving student loans won't actually increase inflation. It really has no impact on inflation, Bustamante said. There's two particular reasons why. The first one is when you look at what's actually on the table, for example, $10,000 of debt cancellation, you're looking at something like 13 billion per year, that would be foregone, forgiven in terms of government collections of government revenue. And so if you were to just imagine enabling 
allowing these millions of Americans, student borrowers, to keep that $13 billion, that $393 a month in monthly payments. That's just a very small drop in the bucket. But when we consider that overall, the U.S. economy, when it comes to the personal consumption, is about $16.5 trillion. It is 0.8% of that $16.5 trillion in consumer spending. Individuals receiving the loan forgiveness could also receive lower payment options for the debt portions of their loans that they are required to pay. The student loan forgiveness plan includes a reduction from 10% to 5% in monthly payments on undergraduate loans. For those on an income-driven repayment plan, this means that the average student loan repayment will be decreased by more than $1,000 annually. Well, that looks like it's gonna be all the time that we have for today, but make sure to tune in next week as we discuss the taxes associated with Auburn football's latest coaching buyout and what another one would mean for the university. Thank you again to Mackenzie, Keeley, and Mac for their time today, and we look forward to seeing you next time on Triple MK.